0: Today's date is Sunday, March 7th, 2021. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, pages 83. That's the top of 83. Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead up to and through page 84. They will always materialize if we work for them. And Rita Q will be our reader, followed by a 20-minute share by Mm -hmm. Amber from New Jersey. So, Rita, if you would like to uh, get us started with the reading, please.
1: Sure. Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. A remorseful mumbling that we are sorry won't fill the bill at all. We ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it, being very careful not to criticize them. Their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. So we clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation that our creator show us a way of patience, tolerance, kindliness and love. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Unless one's family express a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought to not not to urge them. We should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They will change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say so to ourselves that we would write them if we could. Some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter. And there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases. But we don't delay if it can be avoided. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate and humble without being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Pass.
0: Thank you, Rita, for your service. And now um, it's my pleasure to introduce uh, Amber from New Jersey. She will be sharing with us her experience, strength, and hope focusing on um, this part of the text.
2: Hey everybody, my name's Amber and I am a compulsive overeater from New Jersey and grateful to be here and feeling super nervous and um, just wanted to put that out there. So my abstinence date is um, November 16th of last year. Um, everything's such a blur with the craziness with the COVID and everything. Um, but I got abstinent last November. And um, one month later, I lost my job and my whole world turned upside down. And that <laughs> you know, oh, if I could just get abstinent, life would be perfect, you know, Um, if I could just lose some weight, life would be perfect, right, and then my whole world got turned upside down, and um, you know, I'm trying to figure out which way to go here, I guess I could talk a little bit about, like, qualifying for this program and how I'm a food ag and everything, Um, you know, my relationship with food has I can have early memories as the age of like six. Like I would always hide when I ate. Um, I would hide and I didn't get like criticism from family members, but for whatever reason I would hide. I had a lot of shame and I would just eat and eat and eat and eat. And um, I just, you know, it's just, that's how, that's how I ate. I always had a strange relationship with food. Um, my top weight was like two thirty, And um, right now I'm maintaining, it's about like 56 pound weight loss. Um, for over a year and a couple months. My um, my story in Overeaters Anonymous, I was in and out a lot. I, I am also 12 years sober in another fellowship. Um, my very first 12-step meeting was Overeaters Anonymous and I can tell you how I got there. I was at a family function eating at a big Italian dinner and um, there was a person there who had a paper bag with her own food and me being a food addict I'm like nosy what well, what's she eating well why she got a paper bag well what's what's on her plate you know how we are like <laughs> and I'm like real curious and nosy about what this girl's doing like why isn't she eating like us and so of course at the end of the dinner I had to approach her and say like what's up like why didn't you eat the pasta dinner that we had and like what are you eating and like what's you know being nosy and um she started to share with me about like food addiction and that she was recovering from food addiction and that she has to bring her own food. And she had certain allergies when she would put certain things in her body. And then she felt like she couldn't stop once she started. And then it was this constant battle of like trying to put it down and like this struggle and this back and forth. And it was like, she was speaking my language. Like I immediately identified, you know, and um, it's so important for us uh, addicts, food addicts or any addict, like, Sometimes we feel like we're all alone, like nobody can understand us. And it's like that identification piece, like it was a like of a seed, you know, it um, was like a little bit of freedom, like, oh, my God, I'm not so different. There's somebody else that feels like this. So I started to go to OA and um, a few months in you know, as I was doing step one again, honest about my life and the things I was doing, you know, I had a pretty bad drug problem and a pretty bad alcohol problem. And it kind of called me on my stuff. And I got pissed off, of course, in denial and I, I walked away. And then, um, so, you know, I got sober, like I, my whole story in there, there's a whole story there, but, you know, I ended up, um, cleaning that area of my life and getting recovery and transformation. And that, that story is pretty drastic. So like the food addiction, I, I had struggled with, like, is this really a disease, you know? Um, and it kept me in the food for a long time. And I have to say, like, uh, right before this current abstinence, I was on a binge and I was bouncing from store to store. And I got pulled over by the police and I got a ticket and um, I was speeding, but I was rushing and I was rushing because I was binging and I was in the disease and my life was unmanageable. And, you know, and that kind of opened my eyes. Like, I was like, damn, like now the police are involved in my food addiction. (laughs) Like that part of my life is long gone. That's like 12 years ago. Like the police are here. Like what, (laughs) you know, and um I mean, there's emotional bottoms and stuff too, and I've hit them. And I don't know, by the grace of God, whatever it, it was like, we walk into the wall and then boom, our eyes are open, you know, started to take it a little more serious. And I started to do in this program, like what I did in my other program, like go to any length and, you know, take it like serious. And, um, I have the gift of recovery today. You know, I put the, I, of course, like I, not me, God, um, remove the obsession and he put people in my life to walk me through and guide me. Um, so, like I said, um, I when I, I was like one month abstinent and I, I lost my job, um, I'm a single parent and I'm an only parent, like there's no other parent to get my back, you know, um, and I lose my job. I lose my health insurance. You know, a couple of months later, COVID hits. I'm struggling and trying to get health insurance to cover our family, you know. And I'm like, what? Like, are you kidding me? You know, and um, I was ended up being out of work for eight months. And my daughter was she was, uh, was she three at that time. She she's little. She's four now and um, almost five. And through that time off, I put all my energy into recovery. You know, I worked the program like I ate, right? Like we go to any length for our disease. We go to any length for our food. Like we do whatever we have to do to get that next bite. And I took that and I did that in my food program. And, you know, by losing my job, it allowed me the time and the space to, 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 to do the work. And, um, you know, going back to the reading today, it says there's a long road of reconstruction. Hold on, let me quote it. Um, yes, there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. Reconstruction. That, that God broke down my life, you know. Um, I, I have licenses. I have master degree. I have... I have a profession, you know, I really rebuilt my life and I stood on that stuff, right? And I thought I had it all together. <laughs> I thought I was going in the right path, you know? Uh, I was trying to buy a house, you know, um, trying to get my daughter in a certain school system. Like, these are the things that was going on. And then boom, everything blew up. Everything crumbled. And now, you know, and and I needed that you know, um, the old ideas, you know, um, we got it. It's got to crumble. I can't like think myself to surrender, you know, it's I want to, I want to control it. I want to be the director. I want to call the shots. That's what I want to do. And when things blow up, I've learned to take a step back, pause, you know, in the past, I was like that um, you hit that That reflex spot on your knee and your knee just, you know, when the doctor used to do that, like, that's how I reacted to life. Anything that happened, boom, I got to fix it right now, you know. And every time I tried, things got worse. And I would just dig myself in deeper and deeper and deeper. And it took me doing that over and over and over to finally get it to like, when shit blows, things blow up, I got to stop. I got to say, you know what, I don't know. And that's okay. Like to say, I don't know, there's freedom in that. You know, I don't have to have the answers. Always thought I did. I always had to be ahead of everything. I had to be 10 steps ahead because I had to prepare for the worst and I had to fix it when it happened. That's the way I live my life. And with a, like letting go and, and things crumbling and, and trying to take it one day at a time, just for today, just for today. If I don't eat, it's a good day. If I don't drink, it's a good day. You know, I got to keep it that simple. I don't pick up no matter what no matter what, keep it simple, you know, I mean, these are the nice step promises and we got to work the steps, but it really, you can't work the steps if you're in the food and, you know, um, and we got to work this for the rest of our lives. It's not like we go through the steps once and then our whole life problem is resolved, you know? So um, yeah, so that reconstruction, that really jumped out at me. And the whole thing with, like, this is a spir- spiritual, the spiritual life is a theory. We have to live it. Like, it's all about action. Um, we can't think about it. We can't talk about it. We got to do it. You know, we got to do it. Um, the whole family thing. I mean, I've been in 12-step program for 12 years. And my family watched me transform my life. And they're like, it took them a while. Aren't you done with the meetings? You know, aren't you done with that meeting? <laughs> no, nah, uh-uh. It's not, it's I don't just graduate. I gotta keep doing it. How many meetings you gotta go? Then when I have my kid, well, you can't put those meetings in front of your kid. Your kid's gotta come first. No, nah, if I if I do that, I'm gonna lose everything. I gotta keep this up front and center, you know. Um without recovery, my life's a mess. Uh, I, I'm a mess, my you know. So let me see what else I wanted to, uh, we're going to know a new freedom, a new happiness, you know, like I said, like just stopping and saying, I don't know when big things happen, That, like I said, there's freedom in that, you know, I don't have to try to fix it and control it. It's a lot of pressure to think that the the weight of the world is on our shoulders and we got to make everything happen. You know, letting go is freedom, happiness, you know, that little bit of joy, the joy in the rooms, connecting with another addict or alcoholic. I mean, go to work, you connect with people, but in the rooms, like, that's where I find my joy, you know, other addicts, helping one another, talking to each other, you know, that speaking, you know, being a service, what can I add to life, not take, that's where I kind of find my joy and my happiness. Um, No matter how far down the scale we've gone, we can see how our experience can benefit others. So, I mean, the shittiest thing, the crappiest thing we could have went through you know, could help somebody someday, you know, my pain, I, I can, What I went through and how I got through it, when I shared that with somebody else, you know, um, fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. Economic insecurity. Yeah. When I lost my job, I was insecure, you know, uh, but now, like, moving past that, and it's almost like, well, I survived. I got through it. I'll be all right. Like, it's like that fear of, like, I'm oh, my God, I'm not going to be okay, you know? Um, it's like the more we go through and get through it, and we use the steps, use the program. When the next thing comes, there's, like, a little thing in your mind, like, hey, look, you got through that last thing. You're going to be all right. It's going to be okay. The fear of people. I have to say this part right here is probably the biggest part in my food recovery Um, cause in my, in my other program, like I, you know, I turned my life around in terms of like job and school and, you know, stuff like that. Cause I couldn't hold any of that stuff, but I I was very nervous around people. The first time I ever spoke, I couldn't even look people in the eye. I literally like paced in front of the podium, you know, um, the disease took a lot of my mentality too. like had serious mental illness stuff going on so fear of people, right? Like when we do these nine stamp amends, it, it, the, I mean, I think the spiritual principle is justice, but it's really like, it, it's like intimacy. It's like, it's like dealing with people. It's like dealing with relationships. It's like being honest, being vulnerable, all those things, you know? Um, I'll tell you a little story about something that happened recently. I was working in a, in a hospital from 2015 to about 2019. And I, And in 15, I, um, there was some conflict with some people and all, and I ended up leaving. And I was, and like, I I went to another job and I lost that job. And then in August, I started working again. And I went back to the place that I worked at before. And God put me exactly where I started in 2015. I mean, the same people, the same team, it's, we're in different building, but like the same like I'm like this what the, are you kidding me <laughs> like this is like deja vu like I was here like five four or five years ago and you know and then like it dawned on me like I was this girl in amends and and I did it you know I did the amends and um and guess what I just um went ice skating with her and her kids and you know and we go to the puppy training class together and our kids play, you know, like that's God, you know, and it wasn't me. I didn't go out looking for her. I didn't even realize I really owed her a mess. Like I didn't have resentment against her. I didn't really carry guilt and shame until it popped up in my life. And that's been my experience a lot with these, some of these events. Like I've bumped into people in Walmart. Um, I got letters from people from out of state, like just bizarre things like, you know, like when the time's right, the people appear. It, that's been my experience. And um, I mean, of course, and I, I live in events like with my family, you know, um, like my mother, <laughs> she, since, since COVID, I lost childcare and she's been watching my kid and it's been hard. And, um, and you know, I, I buy her, like if we argue, I because like you say, you know, I'm wrong for arguing, right? But guess what? A couple of weeks later, <laughs> I do it again. Right? You're sorry, he gets old. You know, the idea is to change the behavior and, you know, people trigger me and I'm human and that's okay. That's my character defects. And I have to ask God to help me work through them and remove them. And I can take some action, you know, like buy a big seafood dinner on Friday or like I spent like a hundred bucks, got a bunch of clothes, you know, thank you. I really appreciate what you're doing for me, even though, like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, like you know, she <laughs> drives me crazy and stuff, but I try to take the actions to show appreciation, because I do appreciate it, and I'm human, you know, and then something else happened recently with my brother, and this is what I'm talking about, the relationships and the nice steps and stuff, and, um, you know, I, I've been more authentic and honest and um, less fearful and I tell you what, recently our our, our our relationship has changed. I'm not saying it's perfect, but there's been a shift, you know. Um, I, I I can't remember, you know, I, what did I say to him? I said, you know, I never really appreciate all the things that you did do for me. And I want you to know that I do, you know, I see it now and I appreciate it. Because when I was young, grown, like I used to live with them and they, you know, there are some things that they really came through for with me. And then I'm over here resentful that, you know, they're not this, they're not that they're not. And then getting recovered and starting to come back to being more sane and working the program and being on good spiritual ground, you start to see the truth a little bit and, you know, and then you can. And so I said that to him and our relationship has shifted. Like it's on a more honest level where we're connected. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's better. And that's the fear of people. right? I was just so scared of people. And, um, and that's, that's one of the biggest things that's been going on for me in my recovery here in this, um, in this food program. And then it says, like, we suddenly realize it's God's doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Like, you know, popping people in your life when it's time, right? Like, um, God is good, you know. Um is there a timer or anything? Do I, I wasn't, I should have time in time myself. Probably. You have about three minutes. You're, you're good. Three more minutes. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, God is really good. You know, um, my life is good today. It's, you know, it, before I came into program, I always thought God was like this Santa Claus. Or like God was only there when there was complete crisis, like your house is on, you lose everything, you know. You're living on the street. That's when you call God. So coming in this program and trying to say invite God into your food, I'm like what? Like the like the little details of what I eat. I mean, we got to eat multiple times a day. We handle food every day, you know. So that was that was pretty new to me. And um. And you know. I don't know think about the 10 step promises where we're, we're not afraid and we're not cocky we're kind of neutral like something happened this week where I was in my room I'm laying down and next thing I know like I didn't know my daughter had two boxes of cookies and she's eating them next to me and it didn't even phase me <laughs> and I'm like whoa you know now look I'm not always done I'm not perfect sometimes food bothers me and I have to kind of be aware of that and be like today I'm a little off I got to be careful mm-hmm. but um you know, like God does for us what we can't do for ourselves. Like I I can't do this program me, you know, um, that's not me. It's God, you know? And, um, like I said, I have a contented life today. Um, before I came in program, it was more about like status and like beauty and like all those superficial things. And I learned how to appreciate what really matters you know that's what this program gave me that you know um all those other things fade and you know this program is the spirituality is a blessing and a gift you know um I gotta tap in every day like we gotta hook up the wi-fi like that's how I look at God right am I online am I online with God or like we got to plug our charger in to plug our cell phone. Am I plugged in? <laughs> you know, I think that that's, that's what I think about, you know, I don't do it perfectly or anything, but at multiple times a day, I think about that and I try to connect. Um, And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I know today, Um, like I said, my I have a contented life. Like life is good. I'm not in the, in the the misery of the the food addiction and and suffering and fighting the food. And I'm not fighting people either. I don't want to fight anymore. You know, I give up, like I surrender. (laughs) You know, I just, I got to turn it over and trust somehow. And that's what the program's for, you know, go to a meeting, pick up the book, do some reading, make a phone call. When things are bad in life, I turn to the program, to the fellowship, to something like related to 12-step program. I just started going back to meetings in person last week. And um, man, I missed that because of the COVID. I hadn't been to a meeting in person in over a year. And I belong to a clubhouse and everything else. So it, it's been a lot this year. I mean, I'm sure all of us can relate to that. We're trying to transition to this technology world with virtual meetings. And I have a young kid and she I had to get a babysitter just to speak. Like, you know, it. It. in some ways it's nice because is virtual and I can hop on when I need it, which is awesome. And then some like the, the in-person meetings are good too, because you like to connect with people and see them face to face. So, so I guess that's all I got. And um, yeah, that's all I got. So thank you so much. Thank you, Amber,
0: for sharing your experience, strength and hope.